This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Gregory, welcome back. Great to hear from you and um, excited to engage our listeners again with the um, Americanata updates that we'll be uh, talking about going forward. I know that we took a little brief hiatus, um, but I think it was a good opportunity to recharge and kind of talk a little bit about the direction of where we're going to be heading and as part of that, I've got a topic today that's going to be a little bit different than what we've approached before, but it's certainly related. All right. And part of part of that, again, is this exploration that we've we've um, undertaken here to look at culture, American culture specifically, um, to try to get a, a better understanding of what got us to this moment in American history at this time of of um, disruption. And as you've counseled, and as I've learned from you, not just during this experiment, not just during this, this um, podcast uh, run, but really over the decades that we've known each other is culture um, is a driver of so much of what happens in society. And there is so often that we can look back historically and understand and get a better perspective of what we're experiencing as human beings at the present by understanding cultural dynamics of the past. And that, of course, also makes us look at what culture actually is and how important culture is, which I think is something that Amer as Americans, we don't always appreciate um, the anchoring, the centering of what culture means for human beings as a species. And culture encompasses a lot of things. It's tradition, it's our ethnicity, it's our commonality, it's our holidays, and it's even our religion, um, maybe even most especially our religion. Uh, especially for a lot of people. And I want I want to spend a little bit of time talking today, not about religion per se, but about that spiritual need in our culture, because I think that we're pretty heavy on the religious part as Americans, but I think we're a little bit lacking on the spiritual side of things, if that makes sense. Mm. And I'm hoping you can put into some context the anchoring that spirituality provides as a cultural component for people. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, some of what I, you know, some of the ideas that I've explored with you on, on what we might be considering doing going forward. But can you, can you spend a little bit of time talking about, about that aspect, please? <laughs> Damn dude. Uh, hello to you too. <laughs> Good to see you. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's how, we how human beings see the world see understand the nature of reality and how they understand the nature of non-reality what's above or below or behind reality right and instituting some sort of norms to help navigate that view of reality and non-reality and that is religions can set up goalposts and they put the markers, if you will, on the, on the fields, right? The 20 yard line and they can create rules and rituals, but I guess that's, and, 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 you know, and hierarchy and order and, you know, so forth. Structure. 
structure, and that's, I guess, what you mean by religion, right? Mm. You mean in human infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then I guess what you mean by spiritual is that orientation toward reality and non-reality, right? So, and I guess what, what I say, but I say non-reality, it means what what is beyond the visible, what is beyond death, what is what precedes birth. And these are things that whether we think about them uh, consciously or not, we tend to be ha- have handed to us or read or something or told uh, some basic instinct of what that may or may not be, right? Um, I think American culture is so, educated American culture is so deeply anti-religious, mm-hmm. is so deeply materialist in much more than the communists ever were. And so implicitly pro scientific method and material that there is a great undervaluing of the need to grapple with non-reality and the need for meaning that goes beyond the system does that help that 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 yeah look i think it's i think it's more than that i think it's dismissive yeah. it's outright dismisses it's not undervaluing right it's kind of like a sneering looking down the well, nose I, at i think that's a portion of it among educated elites but i think implicit in the culture at large is is progress and and profit I'm, for instance, I'm, as you know, I'm doing a lot of reading about 18th century Native American and European American exchange. The Native Americans took a while to start understanding how European Americans understood a sale. They understood it as gain, whereas, whereas Europe, Native Americans tended to see in terms of reciprocity, in terms mm-hmm. of barter. Hmm. Not, that one, not that one party benefits in a way at a great, at, you know, benefits in a way that profit suggests, right? So even that, so profit, I don't even just mean disdain. I don't mean conscious looking down. I mean, it's the, the implicit in the notion of progress, implicit in the notion of, of profit is a certain, um, I just undervaluing of, of understandings of the nature of the way things are, can be, should be. So I, I don't want to make it about disdain. I just think the whole system was set up to look, t- the whole system was set up to disdain tradition, to disdain order, to disdain authority for the sake of personal gain. That's, that's, that's America right there in a nutshell. Huh? It's, it's in many ways, it's, it, it prevents the development of culture. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's premised on the notion that one, an individual can and should and must liberate oneself from any uh, obligations and responsibilities to the collective that they did not choose. It's all about, you know, autonomy and, 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 and conscious autonomy. So yeah, we, we, I mean, the, the whole country is based on the, on the fighting of the paternal figure and the maternal figure for that matter, right? The whole country is based on 
get the hell away from me. I'm doing whatever I want. And, and so there is first stages of that from until, you know, the, the revolution and the, and until, until Jefferson, then there was the let it loose, baby. Then it's cross the Alleghenies <laughs> and it's every man for him or her, or well, himself, because it was all male centric at that point. Every man for himself helps build the empire. So it's aggressive opportunism of the individual that feeds the national expansion. It is basically aggressive opportunism. That's the, that's the particularly after Jefferson, that is the national ideology. And that does not lend itself to contemplation. It does not lend itself to respect. It does not lend itself to uh, sort of understanding life as being more than the move forward to gain what you want to gain. So let's talk about this as in terms of uh, America, the distinction between religion in terms of structure and spirituality and perhaps our own spiritual deficit, because I think most observers would suggest that we are, we have both a plenty. We are, we are a religious, we are a religious country, but we are also a spiritually empty country. That's maybe my own editorializing, but I think I would have a lot of people agree with that statement. Would you agree with it? Uh, yeah, I see what you mean, but we're we're losing religion pretty pretty rapidly. Yeah. It's the fastest yeah. growing category. Yeah, and but but go on, go on. But but at the time when you're talking about moving beyond the Alleghenies and going yet west, young man, and looking for what I, and I love the term aggressive opportunism. We were also at a time of pretty significant religious expansion as well, right? Yeah, we, were, well, we were a religious people. Well, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. First of all, I don't think we're a people, but, it, but that's a different right. subject. So right. we're, we're assortment of an amount, we're an amalgam of peoples um, and under a flag and a system, not a culture. Okay. So a flag and a system and an ideology, not a culture per se. So, right. um, so let me give you some, so no, the spiritual yearning has been there from the start and give you example. One of the things I, I was spending a lot of time on a couple of years ago was as the New Englanders were moving to Western, uh, Western New York and the um, and, and what historians call the burned over districts that the, the number of religions that were created in the mid in the early 19th century in Western New York is amazing. Hmm. Uh, the the, 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 the Mormons came from Western New York. The, one of the great uh, one of the great preachers of, 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 the, of the sort of and the beginnings of social reform were Western New York. Feminism came from Western New York. Uh, the great seat of abolitionism was Western New York. The Millerites, which led to Jehovah's Witnesses, were Western New York. Western New York was this unbelievable. And my sense of it through my reading it was it was California. It was it was oh. people moving people and the, this, this explains California and the eruption of spiritual desire in the 70s. So these people were moving from on the Erie Canal in the 1820s, 1830s, were moving westward, bringing this desire that the economy was changing from from farmers. Uh, 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 basically growing for themselves and growing for the canal, which means growing for a market and, and being and, and enriching yourself and, and, be, and becoming subject to forces beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you're, you're part of your international market right there. At the requiring, requiring faith, a suspension of your immediate reality. Very smart. Yes. And it, it basically undermined certain traditional ways of life. And so people were scrambling for meaning 
and these great industry, these base capitalistic moments of growth and the collisions of people. And so they, they, they're desperate to recreate an understanding of the nature of, again, reality and non-reality. This is, I think California was that way. You come here, expansion economically, new understandings of how the world works and therefore require a, a, a new understandings of how the non, the, again, I keep on saying non-reality, meaning whatever, whatever, I don't, I don't want to put a word to it, whatever is beyond what we see. And, and California was again, and I, when I, when I was reading Western New York history, I was thinking California, how many people were searching in California? So the spiritual hunger and spiritual ingenuity and spiritual revolutions, there's nothing like America. I mean, so the flip side. Of, well, in many ways, that's all that America is. Yeah, well said. Well it's said. a continual search for meaning. Because the constant. In a place where you can't find it. Yes, that's great. <laughs> so, so as things advance, as norms change constantly, people find themselves needing to reorient themselves vis-a-vis -vis the world and therefore find new ways to approach life. Exactly. So this a country of revolutions economically, then and in, in, in terms of peoples constantly colliding with each other, then creates this need for new types of religious visions. It's a the country is pretty extraordinary. It's an ability to create new religious visions. What's what's jumping into my mind, and I want to explore this a little bit more. But I, if I don't say this, I'll forget it, and I won't bring it up. I mean, this is this in a nutshell explains to me why QAnon is the new religion. Right, it's just scrambling for meaning in the digital age. That's it's it's creating a new reality. Yeah, and it's it's finding community in it, and it's just it doesn't even need to be based off of. Yeah, it, it needs very very little anchor, but it's a it's a search for meaning. It's 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 a it's a charismatic figure who comes out and says, "I am the answer. Follow me. Yeah. Adhere to this." And people do, they respond but, to it. It's time yeah, where there's extraordinary disruption, a scramble for meaning. I think you're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, what, I, what, what I, the distinction though, is the QAnons won't last long because the Mormons who then became subject to their own persecution kept on moving till they found a place to create infrastructure. Geographically, they moved. They moved, they ran from persecution. Yeah. And then the Millerites, who became the beginnings of Jehovah's Witness, they moved, uh, rather, and, and Seventh-day Adventists, excuse me, um, they moved over to Michigan. And again, it, we don't really respect the notions of institutions, but institutions is what is make, gives ideas life and continuity. QAnon is not likely to last the moment. But it's the it's the people it's the it's the religions that create infrastructure that that have some sort of continuity in life over time. But yeah, this is a religiously this is a very I mean, it's a fascinating country. Again, that progress moves us forward and then makes us psychically try to catch up to ourselves. It's almost like the need gets bigger the more we we begin this search for meaning. Once we establish a framework for answers the questions become exponentially bigger and we get onto another cycle of need and meaning and where we used to be able to move geographically west to find that place to build infrastructure, we're now out of real estate. And so where do you build, where do you build that infrastructure except for maybe online? Well, or 
you, I wrote this thing years ago for the New York Times Week in Review on Los Angeles, that it, Los Angeles had extended as far as it could, the same principle that that the people people with the means to move from any difficulties did, right? So LA kept on moving and moving out, 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 out. And it, at one point it reached its limits, right? So at that point, do you just leave California and go back eastward, which we have seen and north? Or do you start to say, hey, let's not run from our problems and let's lean inward to the city and rebuild it. So the, the, the end of the frontier that, you know, the, the, the controversial Frederick Jackson Turner, what is it, 1893 thesis, we're still talking about it. The closing of the frontier is a, is a, is a threat, as you're implying, I think rightly, sort of threatens our sense of escape it's, it's our it's our safety valve movement, but we probably won't become a mature culture if if we ever will if the country lasts that long, um, until it probably tends without running. But the country's based on running. <laughs> it, That's it, fascinating. It, is spirituality escapism? No, I think I is well. Some people clearly would say it is, but uh, but again, I'm talking. I, I'm just using words that are trying to be neutral. That the desire to understand the to make sense of the world is not escapism that's that's actually, that's actually like saying a lens in your camera is escapism it's it's simply bringing into focus that what you're grappling with right and it's giving you some some semblance of of some ways and tools or or some mythology some symbolic some lessons to make sense of all the change and the new world in which you find yourself. That, that, that could actually be seen the opposite of cases. That could be escapism. That could be seen as simply focusing and grappling, right? Yeah, so that, but spiritual yearning is a human need. Is that fair to say? I would say so, but I don't think a lot of uh, American scholars would say so. Again, deeply materialist. Uh, yes, I would agree. It absolutely is. And that spiritual need is a lot of what helps define and create culture. Yeah, that is, one could say that is, that's a sense, other than eating and learning how not to kill each other, uh, learning how to interpret the skies and interpret sorrow and pain and death. I mean, I understand culture very basically, man. My, my understand, my, my, the, when I use the term, it is... Uh, it's the networks of meaning and, 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 and well, it's, it's the system of meaning and networks of people that help you not kill yourself and others. That's what I understand culture to be. It, it's how to persist, how to survive life. And uh, the idea that, and the spiritual yearning would be, how do you come to terms with the difficulties of life? Now, yeah, I would say I, it's 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 essential. That's and so it's the same thing. It is an essential part to. It's like a culture is how do you create enough food to sustain everybody, right? And it's how to keep how do you make the rules to keep you from killing each other? And then spiritual is how do you keep the rules from killing yourself and others, right? It's 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 essential part of culture. Life is hard, and and people need more than food and shelter to survive it. And, and look, this is fascinating. And this so, is not so, where I thought we were going, but Jesus. Well, when, when has it ever gone where we thought it was going to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but but there, there's the, I, I do want to explore a little bit more the anti-culture yeah, no. element of kind of the more materialistic yeah. elites in in our society right is has has materialism and abundance and largesse relieved them of the need for culture no no i i what you know some 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 conservative I don't know what the social, I hate the word social scientist, but they argue that in fact, the, the, the liberal elites actually do have culture. They just don't underappreciate. They're the ones who do, you know, raise their kids to go to education and good, the values that allow you to be middle-class, et cetera, et cetera. So they're actually not beyond culture. They're actually quite conservative in their own behaviors. It's uh, the critique of the elites is that they don't understand how important behaviors and culture is for everybody. Right. Um, so no, they're, they're actually not beyond it. They're in their upper middle class, you know, the upper middle class zones and educating their children well and teach them that studying is important. The cultures, middle class culture of, 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 of teaching children to the habits and the, the mores to survive within the realm in which they were born, that's alive and well among the elites. They're not suffering from an absence of culture. It's the under it's the underclass that suffers from the absence of culture. Ah, uh, okay. So say more about that. Well, it's it's uh, it, it is the, the 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 big the big study uh, the, the the two married uh, the, the Princeton Nobel Prize winners on the I've forgotten their names. I'm sorry. Uh, on on the epidemic uh, the, the the epidemic the drug epidemic among uh, lower class whites in their, you know, page six in their, you know, very nuanced little scared to go into it. Uh, they say that the, it's the inability, it's, it's when people lose jobs, it's one thing, it's hard enough. But if they were without a religious, a sense of religious meaning or a sense of social networks that their grandparents may have had in immigrant group, uh, immigrant unions or immigrant associations, that it's the 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 they don't have the behavioral and 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 spiritual understanding and network and, and, and they don't have the support to survive the economic trauma, right? Does, does that so? Yeah, so, it makes perfect sense. So, right. but now, so the but absence that, of this... culture creates a worsening of the of the economic effects, and which which we'll see in a place in like Erie, Pennsylvania. And again, this is largely a phenomenon of non-college educated whites or poorer whites. It's well, not it, necessarily afflicting people of color the same well, way. Well, sure it is, but it, no, yes, it is, it is, but it's people's, in a country that devalues culture and devalues, or at least devalues tradition or traditional understanding things, um, everybody's subject to becoming uh, parts of the underclass um, if, if, so no, I, I yeah, the, yes that 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 study I was referring to yes was predominantly whites yes. So what role does ritual play in all this? The spiritual need that people have for culture. Dude, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, there are different types of religions. Like Catholicism is is a cent is ritual centered, but the other other forms are not. So they so it's one form of religiosity to to believe that the the repetitive uh, performance of certain rituals 
enhances your understanding and, and your sense of sense of your place in the world, right? I had this amazing professor at Berkeley named Fritz Stahl. He was a kind of a kooky Dutch professor who would come to class at a big broken leg. I don't know who he was, but he published a book called Rules Without Meaning uh, about a village, and forgive me if I haven't read it in I don't know, I went to college a long time ago, in which he argues that Southern Indian villages in which uh, the people teach the children to, to say prayers in Sanskrit, a language they do not understand, that there was a sense of elevation and transcendence by saying these rituals collectively, successfully, that everyone feels transcendent. So it wasn't oh. conscious meaning. It was, it was the collective... Uh, perform what the, the well done collective performance of something that everyone knew had meaning beyond this moment, yeah, because you could you literally could not understand the meaning, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and the, the other the, thing about yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And the point gets you to the, the point of prayer, right? Especially collective prayer is to be transcendent, it takes you it, beyond the moment, takes you outside of the present, yeah, it ele elevates you. But our, but as, a, as an Americans and the American school system tends to focus on meaning. Hmm. I think that's why that book was so striking to me. It wasn't, it wasn't, they didn't know what they were saying. But I think we're very much about, about me. We're very, we're a very Protestant country in that way. It's about the meaning of the word. Um, so, I, so we can, you know, we could say that it's both. It's the, it's the collectively performed ritual with the meaning of it. I remember growing up um, at CCD, I didn't go to Catholic school when I was younger, but went to mass every Sunday and we would go to, you know, to catechism class, I think Wednesday uh, afternoons after school. And I remember a nun once saying, so it stuck with me for 40 years, you cannot be fully American and fully Catholic. You can, wow. only, be, you can only become, you can only be one or the other. Wow. Like they're two, they're two, diametrically opposed views of the world what do you imagine her ethnicity being do you recall what she was she was italian mm. that's yeah. interesting yeah so when you went to cdc ccd ccdc i, I wasn't raised catholic yeah um yeah you're CDC, catholic now though when you went to the cdc in atlanta <laughs> So, 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 All the so vaccines and yeah. pandemic studies. So not that anybody trusts them anymore. Um, but but curious in your classroom, did you, did you leave your classroom to go to it or was it after school? It was after school that we would so, walk me and, you know, all the Latino kids, we would go. Walk are you serious? So, yeah. so, 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 so let's say when you were leaving school, what percentage would you say the school? What, what, first of all, what grade are we talking about? This must've been, uh, Fifth, sixth. Okay. Fifth, sixth grade. What percentage of your class would have been either Catholic or Latino? It is probably 50%, both. There 50%. Was complete, almost complete overlap. So you were there, were, there were a few white, there were a few white kids who were Catholic. So 50% but... of you went to CD, uh, what, no, what's yeah. it called? CCD, yeah. sorry. CCD. So everybody 50, went. 50%. So you Catholic. were not. Oh yeah. my God! Oh yeah. So do you remember? Well, there, was no, there was no Catholic school. There was no Catholic school in this in the town. Uh, yeah, Moore Park was a very small city as I was growing up. So we we literally had a church on Sundays. I just went back a few few weeks ago, a few months ago actually, 
And I think it probably the maximum capacity for the entire church, I would say, was probably 50 people. Is that so, small? So how many kids do you remember walking over after school on a given day? Um, because of, yeah, it was probably, probably 50 kids, 50, 60 kids. See, that, that's remarkable. So you, it was not sort of a minority experience per se. No. Cause you had a, you had a troop of your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I remember, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say it now, but yeah, most of us were Catholic. And, and, and half I, of us were Hispanic, half of us were Catholic. See, see, I think it's interesting. So you had, there was a sense of parallel world. Very much so. Yeah, See, I, I've always loved stories from Jewish friends saying that, that the sense of otherness they got from walking down Fifth Avenue on, on Christmas Day. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. You know, right. <laughs> they, they, right. they were on a totally different That much calendar. contrast. Yeah. Yeah, literally a different calendar. But, but you also had the sense of being in and out, but in a, in, in a less in a way that wasn't as scary. It wasn't just you crossing the street to the. Yeah, but it was half and half. I mean, like I had that I had that Fifth Avenue experience every day. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was we were both in and out. The other kids weren't going. They were, you know, going to do other other stuff, but we, we were. And there was a, there was I don't want to say it was a perfect racial or ethnic correlation, but it was pretty damn close. It's pretty close. And and we have to close soon, but when we can we're going to continue this next time is how do you think whatever you learned in those classes and whatever you uh, learned in your youthful Catholicism, what do you, how do you think it informed how you lived as an American? Huh. Let's take on the Italian. Wow. Uh, you ask at the end of the episode. I mean, you ask. Wait, keep, a, a on whole, keep on talking. Well, look, look um, I, the, the fact that um, sister Mary Anthony asked me that asked presented that question to the class 40 years ago and as a you know 10 12 year old i still remember it is significant right it's telling Absolutely. because Absolutely. it means i was very conscious as i walked through life as to which lens i was looking at a particular issue on wow yeah and i think she there's a lot of right of what she was saying you know and i think what her stressing was as a good catholic your commitment is to others. It's not to yourself. Your, your commitment is to, uh, you know, it's very Catholic, very Catholic teaching, right? It's, it, you have an obligation to others first. It's not about yourself. This is, your life is not your own, right? It's very Catholic. It's, you, you, you're given the gift of life to, and so the way you repay that gift is to give back to others. It's what you do with that gift. It's, yeah. it's a very un-American view. Americans are kind of like, right. no, it's rugged individualism. But, but, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the Catholics are, are, who, are humans who live within systems and ethnicities and countries. Uh, there was nothing more than an Irish Catholic would want to prove in 1962 and beyond is to their Americanness. Why? Shit, so, I became a Republican. Yes. Right, 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 right. right. But I'm saying yeah. that, I, I, that's why I asked the ethnicity of. yeah. yeah. And because I knew it wasn't, I mean, just forgive my scheme, scheme schematic here. I, it, I knew it wasn't an Irish nun who said that because right. they were more comfortable with of saying there's nothing more American than us, Irish Catholic American. Correct. So I wonder where this nun was from, Staten Island. I was just, I'm just curious. I just, oh, she had my a thick God. Italian accent. Dude, oh, she, 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 was an, she was an immigrant. 
Oh, Sister Mary Anthony was from abroad. She was. Oh she was. She was. She was an immigrant. Yeah. No, that was. She was. She was absolutely. And that, but that sort of duality probably went away post Kennedy in most of the European American Catholic experience. Probably. But, you, but she, she was that. in her late seventies. You know, I'm trying to again. I don't want to do an armchair analysis of Sister Mary Anthony. Maybe I do. Maybe we should. I, know I you do. do. That's why I love doing this with you. <laughs> of course, of course you do. Oh, but I, I just don't remember that much about her. I mean, she would come in from but the she, San Fernando Valley on Wednesdays to teach us CCD. She'd bring oh, kind of day old donuts to incite to to incentivize us kids to come. Wow. Like she would go to a donut store and and, and you know whatever the day old were. Winchels. I don't know. What I don't, I've never asked. I had, as long as I had a donut, I didn't care what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, using good old American incentive methods to teach Catholicism is what she was all about. Apparently. Hey, on this note, we're yeah, gonna cut let's this. Let's wrap it up. We, no, this is this was beautiful. Let's continue shortly or soon. Take us away. Adios. Bye Next bye time. Now. Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.